Welcome to the Irish Tech News Podcast with Simon Cocking, Senior Editor. I'll be doing a series of interviews with people at the cutting edge of green tech, clean tech, and anything else that we think is interesting and worth listening to for you guys, our listeners. Hi. So today on the podcast, uh, we have someone uh, who I think would be an interesting person to talk to because they are dealing with a lot of the stories and issues that we are, but from a different perspective. So first of all, who do I have the pleasure of speaking to? Hello, my name is Sharon Mendel Swain, and I'm the managing producer at BHAM Now in Birmingham, Alabama. Yeah, okay. So um, you're a media outlet. Uh, what kind of stories do you cover uh, in general? I guess we'll start with overall, what do you do? Yeah, um, so we are a digital media startup that's about four years old, and we focus primarily on, well, exclusively on positive news about the greater Birmingham, Alabama area. We don't do crime, we don't do politics, and we don't do Alabama and Auburn football. So anything else is fair game, as long as it's something positive about the region. Okay, and I mean, and, and that makes sense. And so when we were doing a bit of a background and research, uh, I think it was from Auburn, more astronauts have graduated from there from anywhere else. So um, it would be very much that thing that, that Alabama has more sides to it than people would realize. Would that be a fair comment? Oh yeah, for sure. I mean. Yeah, for sure. Like, so, for example, at the moment with COVID, which is, you know, top of mind for pretty much the entire world, um, some of the types of stories that we will look at are different um, research developments that are happening at the University of Alabama at Birmingham, which is a world-class research center, and they have been involved in some of the vaccine development, some of the convalescent plasma therapy trials, remdesivir trials, and things like that. So, um, we there are things like that. There are all sorts of startups happening here. There's a really interesting um, sort of burgeoning startup scene here. Lots of medical technology, as you can imagine, with this world class medical center here, and um, other types of biotechnology and and you know more consumer facing types of products. Um, and then just all the fun things that help you have a good time in the city where you live, you know, or visit. So for all of us here in Birmingham, you know, during COVID, we've been doing a lot to support local businesses, to support, you know, to really shine a light on black owned businesses to, you know, whether that's restaurants or places you can get gifts for the holidays. Um, yeah, just all the different, you know, before mm -hmm. COVID, all the types of things that were happening around town. And now we like to let people know what they can do in a safe way. You know, places you can go hiking, wait, places you can go get pickup, you know, dinner, things like that. Um, but yes, there are lots of different sides of Alabama that the mainstream media doesn't usually get to. Cool. So, um, how, how do you curate uh, what stories you'd like to run? And I guess, like, do you have any sense of your audience? Uh, do people do people like to go to your stuff before the murders and the news and the sport or instead of? Or I guess, how do you curate and, and do you get any feedback from your audience about what kind of positive news they like to hear about? Mm, that's a great question. So we... Our audience is, we consider our audience to be the millennially minded people in the greater Birmingham area. And so we don't define that as just millennials. We define that as people who want to get out and about and do things and be part of making the city a better, um, more environmentally friendly, you know, more economically prosperous, more forward looking place than it currently is. And 
So really that's what drives our content decisions. You know, are we writing about new kinds of energy or environmental cleanup efforts? Are we, you know, letting people know about fun things that local small businesses are doing? Are we, um, you know, we have a lot of brainstorms, especially since COVID hit because, you know, most of us are working from home now. And so we're constantly really, really digging deep to figure out like, what are the things we're seeing on social media? What are the things our friends and family are talking about? How, what, what's on people's minds? What do people really want to know about? And what's going to help people get through this really challenging time in many different ways, you know, with COVID and the sort of social justice issues we've been dealing with in the U.S. How, how do we help people navigate through in a way that, um, just helps them enjoy their day. And I will say we've, <clears throat> we do have a newsletter, a daily newsletter, and we've gotten countless responses back from people saying, oh my gosh, thank you so much. You know, I open your newsletter every morning. It brightens my day. You are, you know, the place I go to, I know I'm just going to get a lift. I'm going to get a boost. And especially, I mean, I didn't even mention our very, uh, difficult political season that we've just been through here in the U.S. And so mm -hmm. to have something, you know, to have a place where you know you're not going to be reading all of that, I think is really refreshing for people. And, you know, I, I am sure, I think in this day and age, everybody consumes media from so many different sources that um, I don't know what our users' habits are in terms of, you know, if they're looking for the murders before us or after us, I'm not really sure. Or maybe they just don't want to know about the murders at all. I'm I'm not really sure how that works. Oh, yeah. No, like, I mean, I guess it, it's slightly an impossible thing. I mean, uh, we can track to some degree where the traffic comes from and where it goes. But, yeah, it's maybe it's not linear and people hop around. Um, so I guess you have answered my question, but, but I'm going to just ask you a little bit to one aspect which is so 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 we have the data and we can tell what's done well and we, and we know that some other sites compose articles by clickbait in terms of they find the most popular terms and put together a, a story or a title based upon uh keywords doing well and then equally cat videos do very well right so so how, how do you navigate a line between um not just giving people what you think they want, not just giving them clickbait and and kind of provoc not provocatively, but like, you know, uh, curating their interest. I mean, I, I know you said you have a meeting. So uh, do you kind of look at, you know, what, what will be good things to show people or how do you decide those things? So it's not all just, you know, uh, cat videos. Mm, well, I will say we, I don't think we've ever run any cat videos. We do have the occasional, <laughs> we do have fun cats and dogs. Um, those really, are ways for us to promote, you know, organizations like the Humane Society and other things. So there's usually a bit more of a mission-driven purpose behind when we include cute cats and dogs. And, you know, we have included some pretty funny baby Yoda stuff at one point. So we do look for what are the kinds of things that are trending and popular and fun. Um, you know, our leader actually, I had never worked for anyone before who was actually a cheerleader in high school. Um, but this is a cheerleader who also has an MBA and a degree in engineering. <laughs> so she's really quite an interesting um, human being. But I think from from her cheerleading days, she just really brings brings forward this sense of like what's fun and funny and what's going to bring a smile to people because a lot of media can really bring people down. And so we do have as part of our mission to to bring a smile to people's faces, to give them something they can look forward to. And so, you know, we do 
sometimes put in the fun, funny things like, mm -hmm. oh, yeah. um, but at the same time, you know, we are looking for ways, again, going back to that broader mission of working towards a better Birmingham and looking for content that really helps to enrich our readers. And I will say we're, we're not just serving our audience, we're also serving our clients. So we have an interesting model where we produce a portion of sponsored media and then what's called earned media. And so part of what we're doing with our sponsored media is we are helping our clients who are businesses and nonprofits in the community get their messages out to the community. And so we will, you know, be working with different different organizations that have a message that they want to share. And we work with them to share that in a way that is really interesting and engaging for our audience. Um, but the purpose is not just so that, you know, a company can sell more widgets. It's so that, you know, civic clubs can, that are doing really good work in the community can get, you know, young people involved in really good projects that are happening in the community or, you know, different companies that are hiring people or have sort of workforce development programs can let people know about those types of programs. So we have a lot of that type of content that's really helping to educate and inform our audience um, mm -hmm. that is paid for by people who, who are working with us. So we kind of straddle media, ad agency, marketing, and entertainment. We're sort of at the intersection of all of those. Yeah, so that, look... No, I, I, that makes complete sense. And and I think uh, most media outlets have to do that in some way because the classic thing is, is that the challenge is, is how to monetize. Uh, so so that makes sense. And I can imagine that they want to, to be featured on your site because they're, they're associated with positive news and, you know, it, it makes sense. So that makes sense I, that also sounds great that you have both a, a physical and a metaphorical cheerleader that that can only help you know yeah it really does I mean it I never would have thought that that there would be like actual skills that would come from that sort of experience early in life but you know she's often said that like what she learned from that was you always look for the next up like doesn't matter how hard the game is getting you always look for the next up and I think you know, she constantly works with our sales team. And I think that's an essential part of coaching them, you know, because in sales, and you can imagine in media sales and media sales during a pandemic, you've got to be relentlessly positive because um, it's yeah. a real challenging thing to be doing and, and they've done an amazing job, so. Yep. And okay, so that's good. So that leads into what I wanted to ask. And so, so we were chatting before about this, which is, uh, as lockdown and pandemic came, uh, you adapted and changed how you worked. And um, you guys have been doing this for a while as an outlet. And then each of you individually has had to work differently. So the question would be is, uh, what's changed? And, and as we reach a point of post-pandemic and vaccines, how much of how you have taken on board and changed now will you use in the future? Is it going to be blended or will you go back to what you did? Or, or what do you think? Mm, that's a great question. Um... I suspect that, you know, I don't know what a post-pandemic world is going to look like. I would imagine that there will definitely be a blend, at, you know, as we move forward. But I think to answer the initial question, um, let me think in a couple different ways. So things changed in the sense that, you know, March 13th, we basically all went home from work that day and we didn't come back. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, and everything went remote. And so very quickly we started having 
daily morning meetings on Microsoft Teams and, you know, the, so that's sort of some of the structural stuff that changed. We were no longer seeing each other in our co-working space where we would like hang out and have lunch and we would like hop over to each other's desks and collaborate on things. We have a super creative and collaborative team. Um, suddenly that wasn't happening anymore. We were all at home and we have a lot of 20 somethings who, you know, really were thriving in that very exciting office culture. And um, suddenly everybody's at home. And so, you know, shifting to daily meetings for a while logistically helped us stay together. I think it probably felt like a much more of a grind to people. And I think that was a hard adjustment from the kind of fun vibe that we had before. Um, I think content wise, we had to pretty much wipe our slate clean and we had to take down a lot of things that we had up because we were promoting a lot of events and, you mm, know, yeah. the ones that we didn't get down quickly enough, people kind of got really angry with us for continuing to promote. We were like, oh, sorry, our bad. We just didn't take it down yet. <laughs> um, but we started doing a lot of content on really how to navigate the pandemic and trying to help people you know, things that are just commonplace now, but like who's making masks and, you know, what restaurants are doing takeout and how can you get shopping delivered and, you know, just helping people kind of see what that lay of the land was. Um, and then we had to dig really deep creatively to, you know, okay, how do we find positive news even in this time? What, what can we encourage people to do? Um, and I think over time, we've kind of all gotten into much more of a groove with that. Um, I actually did a lot of reading. I, I read pretty much everything that I could get my hands on um, by the guys who started Basecamp. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. They're, they're great. A brilliant Jason Fry, Jason yeah. Fried, and they're yeah. disputes all over the world, aren't they? Yeah, and I think that they're, um, they, you know, they really own that, like how to work in a remote team space. Um, so I read everything I could them and you know we've made some tweaks now we don't have everyday meetings that you know people were ecstatic when we stopped doing that <laughs> and um mm. i have more ones with the team like there's just a lot of management things that we've changed to really help keep coaching each person individually to get better you know and to stay in a good place and help them problem solve as needed and things like that um but yeah i think you know in the meantime we did actually buy an office. We moved out of the co-working space, bought an office in downtown Birmingham, and some people do go in there on a daily basis now. Um, there's a few of the folks who go in either on a daily or you know a couple days a week basis. And um, I think, I mean, it's beautiful and it's really cool and we'll have an amazing party one day when the pandemic is a distant memory. Um, but I think that's good for morale, especially for some of the younger team members. And I say that, so I should say I'm 50 and we have some other folks on the team who are, you know, 50 and above. And then we have a lot of folks who are in their 20s. And those of us who are a bit older, you know, we may have family, we may have a house with a separate room we can work in. Um, you know, we, we just have a different sort of life arrangement that mm -hmm. makes being in an office a little bit less of a necessity for feeling a part of things. Mm -hmm. And... Um, so there's a bit of a split on the team there where I think some of the younger folks really want to be in the office. Some of those of us, you know, we might have kids who are in virtual school, things like that. So that's why I think it may be a blend for a while to come. And, um, but you know, it will be fun at some point when we can actually all be in the office because it is a really cool space and 
I can't even imagine what it will be like to work again one day without um, people interrupting like every other second. <laughs> I can't even imagine that world. <laughs> yeah, and but I think like you say, it's it's a bit like almost in your life when, when you're young and single, then you're happy to live in the city center because everything's on hand and then as you have kids you don't you don't want to push buggies upstairs to apartments so it's almost both in your physical life depending on where you are in your life and then also in your work life that like you say it's it's less of a loss for those who have kids because you know for those with kids it's the school run and it's the commute to get to work and slicing and dicing between that and working whereas for the the millennials it's more uh work is part of their much more part of their identity so I can it's interesting that you've done that and that sounds like a a good way to maybe navigate it that there is a physical place but it's almost managing expectations that, that that not everyone needs to be in the office and like you say about dropping daily meetings i mean uh in some corporate cultures that i've worked in yeah god you almost dread those meetings but they're, they're done because they feel that they need to be done so yeah i think it sounds like you're definitely thinking about it um so um, I guess for you uh, personally and you guys, uh, who are your sources of inspiration and how do you remain up to date in terms of uh, trends and interesting things? Mm, that's a great question. Um, we really like Charlotte Agenda, which is a similar media outlet out of Charlotte, North Carolina. Uh-huh. They have gone a little bit more um, hard journalism in some of their reporting, but if you were to take a look at their Instagram, you know, it's, it's very similar to be him now and that it's, they're promoting a really positive vibe for the city and things like that. So that's one really great source. We really like the skim and the hustle. Those are really fun daily newsletters that are, I don't know if they're daily, but those are fun newsletters that, you know, kind of keep us up to date on things um, that are just happening in the broader world. And I think we also, I mean, we look at a lot of local news sources. You know, we're always looking for what's the fun, what's the buzzy, what's the breaking stuff, what's the interesting, what's the heartwarming, um, what are the things our audience needs to know. So we look locally, but we also do look nationally and we look a lot at social media. So that's, we just have very, very broad filters, like eyeballs out on a lot of different things. Yeah, and that that would make sense. Um, and then in terms of the stories you cover, are they all stories from within the city boundaries of Birmingham or are they a mixture of there and other? Or is it more that the external sources, your inspiration like Charlotte to find similar things in Birmingham? Yeah, so it's the stories that we're doing are all from the greater Birmingham area. And so that's actually about a seven county region around the city of Birmingham which is about, you know, I think Greater Birmingham, I don't know how many people live in the Greater Birmingham area, I should know that. But, um, and yeah, when I say we're looking at other sources for inspiration, you know, it's just, we're always looking both inward and outward so that we can remain fresh and kind of see what are the trends that are happening in other cities? What are things that might be coming here? We tend to be a little bit behind, you know, we're not the we're not the like trendsetter city of the United States. And so we can look at other places and see the types of things that are kind of hip and cool that might be coming here at some point down the road. So, so therefore, right. So I've got one and a half questions left. Right. And so, so, so Elon Musk has just said that they're relo- he's moving and they're relocating to Austin, Texas. And so, um, and you are mentioning the startup culture in Birmingham and med tech. So, so in the same way that, 
that 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 Texas has a lot going on for it, which kind of breaks the whole either East Coast or West Coast. Uh, would would you make a similar pitch for Birmingham and Alabama? You know, I mean, I guess between space and medicine, that uh, the quality of life is actually pretty good in uh, Birmingham, but people outside of that would have maybe you know less of a positive perception or or, or just know less about it. Like, if, if you had to stand up and pitch for Birmingham, would you make that pitch, and what would you say? Mm, that's a great question. Um, luckily for me, there are organizations like. Um, there is an organization called Birmingham Bound, which is um, has much smarter people than me making that pitch to people in the tech world in San Francisco and other places and actually getting companies to relocate here. Okay. Um, there's a group called the Alabama Futures Fund, which is doing the same thing. They're bringing, they're bringing other, you know, companies started in other places to move their headquarters here. Um, and there are folks who have moved here. I think probably some of the sort of you know, poster women for that would be um, a mother-daughter duo named Carrie Schrader and Ashley Ammons, who started a group called Mixtros, and they were the, I believe, the 37th and 38th Black women in the United States to raise a billion dollars um, in a seed round, you know, for capital. Cool. I think that's right. They raised a lot of money. We can we can fact check that one, but um, they um, they moved here and have found the culture extremely supportive to them for their business mixtures. And um, we've got other groups that have moved here from other parts of the country. So it's, we're definitely not an Austin. We're not a, um, you know, there are other cities that would probably rank higher in terms of, you know, the sort of national tech ecosystem. But I think Birmingham is, is moving is putting all the things into place to move in that direction. And I think what I've seen over the years is, you know, Birmingham has still sort of a, a negative legacy from the civil rights era that has made a lot of people in the United States and around the world sort of write Birmingham off as, you know, this is a place where bad things happened. But I think what people have realized over time is that actually because of what happened in Birmingham, a lot of civil and human rights advancements have been able to be made all over the world. And I think the Birmingham Civil Rights Institute has done a really nice job of telling that story to the world. Um, and, you know, meanwhile, while not a lot of people were coming to Birmingham for a long time, there was a really interesting foodie scene that was kind of cropping up here, um, sort of under the radar, but now we have all these James Beard award-winning restaurants and, um, you know, and then this startup culture began to really grow. And so um, I do find that a lot of people, when they move here, they have a lot of negative perceptions about Birmingham. And then once they've settled in for a minute, they're mm -hmm. astonished that, we have mountains. The beach isn't that far away. It's actually really beautiful. People are legitimately friendly. We have really nice restaurants. You can buy a really nice house and have a really great quality of life. And we don't have the traffic of an Atlanta or a Austin at all. I mean, we just don't. It's just, it's a pretty people, you know, they get here and they're like, oh, Alabama. Oh, it's actually really nice. And they're really surprised. I guess in some ways that's that's half of your secret, really, isn't it? You know, you, like, 
So no, it's yeah, that makes sense. Um, it's a, been a pleasure to talk to you. How can people find out more about you and what you guys do and uh, your work? Yeah, I think, you know, people can visit our site at www.behamnow.com. So it's B-H-A-M-N-O-W.com. Or they can follow us on Instagram at um, behamnow. I think those are the two best ways. We're also on Twitter and LinkedIn. And I think we're starting a TikTok and a YouTube channel soon. But those are, um, those are the best ways to find us. Awesome. So thank you very much. Thank you. It's been fun. We hope you enjoyed that podcast and we will be bringing you more across as diverse and interesting a range of stories as we can find. You're welcome to reach out to us on Twitter, LinkedIn or by email and give us any feedback and let us know what you'd like us to cover in the future. Thanks and keep listening.